Inquiring, inquiring Awareness, April 2021. So these are some reflections on one aspect of reality. So this morning, we had a power outage up here, early in the morning. And the words of T.S. Eliot's poem, The Hollow Man, came to mind. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. And I was reflecting that quietly, without news reports or fanfare, the familiar slips away. Old friends disappear, stroked out, just vanish. And as simply as the power was out, we never know if it's going to come back on again. And that simply, all of our plans and our predictions simply become irrelevant. Our devices lose their power, die. Water flow becomes a trickle, no gasoline, and the dream world disappears. Just that easy. So if we look at that, what do we awake to? What's left? What's reliable? When all of our ideas about the future suddenly go poof and fizzle out, we lose power. What then? Now, of course, whenever we lose power, we've all had that experience. And the first question that always comes to my mind is, well, how long until it be be restored? Immediately, we assume and hope that PUD has got their act together and that we'll get back to our familiar. But when we have a things taken away, just like that, it's so, it makes it obvious that how much of our life is built on a dream. A dream of endless power, a dream of the future. So without power, just imagine, without the, all that we dream from it, our social mores, our conventional agreements, value of money, currently politically correct stances, the many things we have, and the things that we want to be seen for, the things that we think make us be okay, all poof. And underneath, is the Holloman. Now this is a poem, I, I realize, as you're reflecting on this, part of why I entered the religious life, because this is one of my favorite poems as a child, as a teenager. And in the face of my family's um, prosperity and all that I saw, this was kind of what's always, always on my mind. So I want to read it to you as a 
one, uh, only one explanation. The beginning has a little uh, prologue. Mr. Kurtz, he dead. A penny for the old guy. And Mr. Kurtz is a, is a, a character in uh, Heart of Darkness by Joseph, <coughs> Joseph Conrad. <coughs> I think he was a kind of amoral, lost hunter. Lost. And then a penny for the old guy is, you know, the money it takes to get across the river Styx. So it's talking about this person in the halfway, halfway land, purgatory. We are the hollow men. We are the stuffed men. Leaning together, headpiece filled with straw, alas. Our dried voices, when we whisper together, are quiet and meaningless as wind in dry glass or rat's feet over broken glass in our dry cellar. Shape without form, shade without color, paralyzed force, gesture without motion. Those who have crossed with direct eyes to death's other kingdom, remember us, if at all, not as lost, violent souls, but only as the hollow men, the stuffed men. Eyes I dare not meet in dreams, in death's dream kingdom these do not appear. There the eyes are sunlight on a broken column. There is a tree swinging and the voices are in the wind singing, more distant and more solemn than a fading star. Let me be no nearer in death's dream kingdom. Let me also wear such deliberate disguises, rat's coat, crow skin, cross stabs in a field, behaving as the wind behaves, no nearer. Not that final meeting in the twilight kingdom. This is the dead land. This is the cactus land. Here the stone images are raised. Here they receive the supplication of a dead man's hand under the twinkle of a fading star. It is like this in death's other kingdom. Walking alone at an hour when we are trembling with tenderness. Lips that would kiss form prayers to broken stone. The eyes are not here. There are no eyes here in this valley of dying stars, in this hollow valley, this broken jaw of our lost kingdoms. In this last of meeting places, we grope together and avoid speech, gathered on this beach of this tumid river, sightless unless the eyes reappear as the perpetual star, multifoliate rose of death's twilight kingdom, the hope only of empty men. Here we go round the prickly pear, the prickly pear, the prickly pear. Here we go round the prickly pear at five o'clock in the morning. Between the idea and the reality, between the motion and the act, falls the shadow. For thine is the kingdom. 
between the conception and the creation, between the emotion and the response, falls the shadow. Life is very long. Between the desire and the spasm, between the potency and the existence, between the essence and the descent, falls the shadow. For thine is the kingdom. For thine is, life is, for thine is the... This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. Without negating the world, anything that is currently happening, we can get a glimpse of another reality behind our ordinary electromagnetic assumptions. One of the kind of just today seeing this, Reasons that that, I think that that poem was so attractive was that there's this big facade over the world, this facade of power, this facade of presence, this facade of niceness, this facade of success, this facade of all those things that we are going to do that are so important and about to do. And when they're ripped away, when they're broken, when they're open. Who would we be? Who are we? With no power, no travel, no communication. So just imagine right here, the power goes out all over Portland, all over the United States. There's a little earth-shaking tsunami suddenly 50,000 people are dead, no power. Well, very quickly, it would become revealed that food, shelter, and water are much more important than all the things our mind has generated. And below them would be relationship. These hollow men the gender-neutral men, have no connection, have no relation, have no interpenetration or hollow. Relationship is the building block for our whole society. If we can't get along, like every other society has happened, every other civilization will destroy ourselves. With no relationship, we don't maintain things, we don't share things, we don't add to one another's creativity. But to genuinely relate, we have to know who we are. 
To have a relationship, we have to have a clear sense of our particular values, our wisdom, our heart. We have to have some integrity. We have to understand the wholeness at our core, the foundation, the root. Who am I? If all the structures and all the fabrications are all gone, who am I? We're not nothing. But this becomes a bottom-up process of our life instead of a top-down process where we are thinking and imagining things should go in this way and this way and this way and we try to order things by thought and reason. A bottom-up processing starts with the, the cerebellum and starts with direct information and then watches as more and more information comes in and patterns and connections are formed. And it becomes a creative evolution. It takes our most fundamental isness, and then together we begin to, to build from the bottom up a culture, society. And of course, we can't say, you know, our brain doesn't work in components, it's all connected. So we're Cortex and the cerebellum are part of the whole thing. When we have top-down processing, when we think that we can structure our life with thought, when we can order our life with thought, when we think that my opinions and my, 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 my ideas about things are the, the container with which everything else happens, it's a kind of fascism. Bottom-up processing, I think, is Buddhism, is Dharma. And the bottom-up process that we start with is, of course, our life, the fact that we're alive. But the, the healthy ingredient that starts the whole process working is the four immeasurables. Kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity, love. And then from that foundation in our being, from that foundation, there is a bottom-up processing to our life. Instead of a a top-down processing, if I just get it all figured out, at this level, and I make enough money, and I finally live in the right place, and I finally get to drive the, the, the vehicle I want to drive, and people look at me in a certain kind of way, and da, 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 all that stuff. Instead of trying to have this as my goal, my aspiration, the way I'm going to live my life, it starts from the bottom up with kindness. And then it includes. It grows from the bottom up. This is the spiritual path. The spiritual practice is if we see through, not negate, if we see through the mores of the society and the current, you know, this is and that's, 
and we see what is at the root of our life. What is that? From this perspective, as Moniel's comments last night about there is no enlightenment, no liberation, there's are lies, they're just words, is in a way true because no word can express the wordless. The words are all up at a higher, not value higher, but just kind of geographically higher place. So this practice is not about, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to get, however highfalutin our vision, our fantasy is, but rather I'm going to let go of all of that. I'm going to go down to the root, down to the root. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is the most important thing in my life? What is the most foundational thing? What is the deepest truth of my heart? And sometimes we call that experience of actually recognizing that as a kinsho, as an insight, as an awakening. But it's just a word. Now, here we're talking about an, a, a movement from the, the many-faceted idea mind down into the essence of mind, down into the essence of our being, and to touch oneness, the non-dual. But the non-dual is not a thing. And so it's got to include two-ness, too. There is no such thing as the absolute. There is no such thing as the ultimate. There is no such thing as the non-dual. These are just ideas. And they all include the relative, the provisional, and the dual. So we, as we let go of what is untrue, and as we find more and more our hearts, I call it heart's aspiration, as we find more and more that unique movement of our particular life and we give life to it and give wisdom to it, it then begins to infuse and it begins to inform and it begins to relate with this world. So to have, to, to question and to let go and to let go and to let go and to question what is it, what is it, what is it? At the root there, is a, there are experiences of spaciousness and oneness and luminosity. There is experiences of one taste and preferencelessness. But then those experiences must include, must Include. It's like this. We see our true nature. Spacious, open, unbounded. And then we wake up and we find, oh, I got this particular body. 
Oh, I think in English. Oh, I have this particular digestive system. Oh, I'm in live with these people. And so we come back into our unique drama and we take our place on the stage of our life. And we know it's a play and we know it's a stage. And our aspiration is to live it fully, to live the, the dream actor fully, knowing we're playing a part, knowing that underneath it is nothing substantial. And yet, this is our karma to wholeheartedly embody and to live and to play this part. And so then we can see it may be a dream, but it's a rich, interesting, fascinating dream full of texture, curiosity, filled to the brim. We don't negate the world, but we can take the cover off, we look all the way down, we see the spacious, empty, inclusive nature, we find that we come back into this world, our unique particular karma, we inhabit and live that karma fully, we engage with the world in our particular way, dreamlike but totally engaged. And sometimes, people come to us and they say, oh, you're playing the game really well. You know, you are so smart. Oh, you are so wise. Oh, you are so attractive. Oh, you are so um, whatever. It's not personal, though. Or they come and they say, oh, you're an idiot, you're opinionated, you're too arrogant, you're... It's not personal. It's just the role. It's just the game. It's just we've, we've become this person on a stage and people are commenting about that acting. You already acted like an inept, mindless person in that role extremely well. So we can then take this view and look out at all of these bodhisattvas, all these enlightened beings all around us, and we can realize that they're all there to serve our awakening. Our awakening, free functioning, floating, full of compassion, full of, of ease, presence, being able to see the whole. And somebody comes up and pokes us and says, well, can you, can you do that now? Somebody else comes up and says, oh, how about now? Somebody else comes up and criticizes us. Somebody else comes up and praises us. Somebody else comes up and you know, talks down to us. And somebody else comes up and you know, reveres us. And, somebody and they're all there just to see. Are we empty? Are we able to, to engage in the game? Are we able to be free-flowing? Are we able to respond? Are we able to play our part with dynamic fullness? Everybody's role 
all of society's mores, all those things are out there in a way just to help us become awakened. Just think about that. All those things we dislike are only present so we can become awakened, so we can see beyond our small-mindedness, so we can see the whole, so we can see the spaciousness. And we just keep getting tested. Well, can you pass this test? How about this test? How about this test? How about this test? How about this test? They're all there for our benefit, for our awakening, for our growth, for our insight, for our wisdom, for our enlightenment. They're just roles. Just like we are playing a role, everybody else is playing the role. And some people have the role of angry and hurt and violent and needy. And some people have the role of praise and challenge and love and kindness. It's all just part of the dream. But it doesn't look like part of the dream until we have investigated carefully and deeply what is it, 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 it? right down to the root, before words before concepts, before ideas. And then it's all one harmonious whole. So we get tested for our awakening. Are you caught? Are you caught by not enough? Are you caught by broken? Are you caught by inadequate? Well, in this playground, we get to explore that. But I'm broken or inadequate. Well, can we see below that so we can see, oh yeah, look at that. Just one, one vibration, one view, one thread, the whole, not personal. The basic wisdom of all of the sages, of all of the ages, is that the goal, liberation, freedom, meaning, fulfillment, is waiting to be discovered right where we sit. Right where we sit. It's not waiting to be discovered on top of a mountain when we have four children, multiple houses, millions of dollars, and are adored by multitudes sometime in the future. There is no future. Right where we sit. What is it that's alive right here? What is it that is breathing right here? Is anything breathing right here? So this fundamental question, this particular retreat, inquiring awareness, is to take that and just keep looking and looking and looking. Let's look beyond opinion, look beyond, look beyond, look beyond. Let's look down, let's look at the root. And then, of course, we find the root is inclusive. So let's look at it in one more level down. 
If we were to sit here with a quiet mind, empty of opinions, nothing to do, no resistance, I guarantee someone would come along and say, hey, I need some help sleeping. Someone would come along, will you go and work in the kitchen? Someone would come along and say, you know, it's time for the, the bell's going to ring, get up. I guarantee if you're just sitting around, someone will come up to you and say, oh, you're really attractive. Would you come out with me? It's dinner time. Come and have dinner with me. If you're just sitting around, bill will need to be paid. Tow that barge. Live this life. These things would happen mysteriously. And they would keep happening. And they would keep happening. Because the nature of the universe is dynamic. The nature of the universe is constantly creative. The nature of the universe is is a, a Nietzsche. Impermanence, flow, flux. There is no place for this human life that is some separate still lump of fat. So this particular aspect is a deep trust, a deep entrustment. And the entrustment is the universe knows what it's doing. It's much bigger than my little mind can conceive of. And somehow the planets revolve and somehow the black holes exist. And somehow the cosmos and things happen. The rain comes. And somehow my life is here. And it will all be lived. It will all be lived with amazement. This is what Dayong Sanem Korean uh, Zen teacher says, like a centipede one day. As a centipede was busily walking along, a fox called out to it. Hey, how do you walk so well with your legs without your legs getting tangled up? Dozens of legs all going different directions at the same time, and yet you still walk so smoothly without once tripping or stumbling. That's incredible. The centipede listened to what the fox said. Had to agree that it was kind of amazing they could walk so smoothly. Thinking this, they looked down at their legs and immediately tripped and fell over. Lying there on the ground with their legs all tangled up, they were unable to even take a single step forward. Both spiritual practice and daily practice, daily life, Go forward just like a centipede walking. Do you realize all the things that we are doing naturally and automatically at this very instant? You simply breathe in. You simply drink water if you're thirsty. You fall asleep if you're tired. If you're hungry, you get something to eat. You digest it. You excrete it. In the same thing, same way, everything inherently arises from your foundation. So just trust it. And trust everything back there and go forward. If you can live like this, everything will flow naturally. 
believe in the power and the ability that you are inherently endowed with. If you have faith in your foundation and entrust it with everything that arises, then just like food, what's needed will be absorbed. <clears throat> what's needed will be absorbed. What needs to be sent out will be sent out. However, some people have a hard time trusting that their foundation can do this. Instead, they try to rely upon their intellect and their thoughts to solve the problems they face. But just like the centipede, these thoughts entangle people and prevent them from moving forward. So let me reiterate and sum up. In a retreat like this, we come and we stabilize the mind and presence. Always, 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 that's the first thing to do. We stabilize the mind and presence in the body. No body, no life. The body is the foundation. As we begin to stabilize the mind in the present, through the body, watching it breathe, being supported, feeling its experience, we then can use the stable mind to look into reality, to look into our ideas, to look into our fixed beliefs, to look into who we think we are. We look into and into and we can begin to shed all those things and say, well, that's a temporary thing. Well, that doesn't really hang on. Well, that's, a, that's just a view that I've held four other views and that's not important. And we begin to shed all these assumptions. You know, the clothes make the person. Well, that's not true. Not important. Oh, yes, having the right car, the right partner, the right da-da-da-da-da-da. All those are extra. And we begin to, to shed our clutching, our fear, our attachment, those things. And as we keep looking, what is the essence? What is the essence? What is the essence? We go down and down and down to the foundation. See what's there. The foundation is not nothing. And our particular karmic manifestation is unique. We all look differently. We all wear our hair differently. We all talk differently. And so our particular unique karmic manifestation that we inhabit comes to life. And in the, the stage of the world, we get to play this particular character for a while. And hopefully we learn to play it really well. It's a scholarly character, hopefully we study a lot. If it's a cooking character, hopefully we cook magnificent meals. If it's a mothering character, we raise children. If it's a business character, we do the business. We play the role wherever we find it. We find that the meaning is bigger than the role, and the meaning is expressed in the role. And then as we do that, we begin to realize, oh, my role and the role of everybody else is not separate. 
that we're all in this together and everybody is looking for awakening, harmony, peace, truth. And everybody out there is doing their best to help me discover what is true beyond my ideas. And I am trying to see beyond the facade into that root. And then there is a trust in this whole mysterious process. A trust. And when it's time to rain, it will rain. When it's time to have a drought, there'll be a drought. When it's time to have sun, there'll be sun. When it's time to to live, it's time to live. When it's time to die, it's time to die. And we begin to watch the ebb and flow of life all moving seamlessly. The bottom line is, can we be kind? Can we help others? Even as they are being kind and helping us. May it be so.